But imagine if lying was your job. Imagine forcing yourself to tell lies all day about everything in ways that were so transparent and so outlandish that there is no way the people listening to you could possibly believe anything you said. And I'm registered actually with a party that I sincerely despise because I think it's really a force for bad in this country. And it's the Democratic Party. I always vote for the more corrupt candidate over the idealist. Always. <laughs> the person who will just like be happy taking payoffs from developers and leave me alone. Hi, hey, this is Eric McCoy, and I am wanting to walk a mile in your shoes, and hopefully vice versa, right? I want to inform our listeners, and I was thinking that although this show can can appear to come across as biased, this is not actually the case, right? And we're not pushing for any agenda, but instead we're, you know, seeking out those that can be difficult for us to walk in their shoes. Yes. And it doesn't have anything to do with politics, but instead facts. And that's really kind of what we're looking at. You know, in our first episode, you know, we didn't dispute per se whether homosexuality is right or wrong, but instead the proof they say have to do to validate anger, violence, hatred, and uh, that the LBTQ let God burn them. Yeah, (laughs) quickly, quickly. But are these people giving facts? Correct. As always, I am here with Lona Curie. That's right. And I want to say this to um, to add to to your opening there. I think the I think you're right on the money with what we hope to bring from this show. And 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 another big thing is to not necessarily like like Eric said, bring our agenda, but to actually expose that there is an agenda and to maybe help wake us up as a humanity to begin to not blindly listen and follow, but to actually maybe see if there is a bigger agenda to the information you're being fed, because only then can you make a full responsible choice for what you yourself are going to believe in body and live because what we only heal humanity by being more human and each of us in every day has a decision to make of what kind of human we're going to be and though we're going to find out in today's episode that sometimes we don't even realize how much we are ingesting blindly of information that is given So I think that we want to challenge you through this series and and in walking a mile in in your shoes and have you walk a mile in ours. A lot of what we talk about is stuff that we kind of live and and go through in our own daily lives, especially a lot of other people that, you know, are, are especially like me as a trans person in the U.S. I live with a lot of this information, fear and hatred. But. Honestly, we're walking a mile in a series of hate. Yes. And we've got to walk in the shoes that are right now perpetrating the hate and the fear. And what we know about hate is it is the mask for fear. So I'm excited about today's episode, Eric. I think we're exposing a little more of that today. 
we have a fun episode today. This is yeah. going to be good. And I'm excited about this, right? But I want to start real quick. And I want to explain, you know, our First Amendment says, right, that Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or of the right of the people to peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. This is a great right, okay, that we have. Yes. But I want to let everybody know it isn't completely true in the whole grand scheme of things. There are exceptions Correct. to this, right, which include, you know, you got blackmail, you got threatening someone's life, defamation, right, um, child pornography, plagiarism, perjury, you know, solicitation to commit crimes, incitement of lawless action, okay? And walk a mile in my shoes looks at hatred. And we've decided to explore one of the, if not the most viewed individuals on Fox News, good old Tucker Carlson. And he has a huge influence on a lot of people. You know, and the question is he news. And this can be highly debated, but by definition, probably, because news stands for, and if you, if you understand what NEWS is, is notable events, weather, and sports. Mm. Right? Now, it doesn't even specifically say true notable events as, right. as declaring <laughs> honesty, right? right. We but, blindly expect that. Yes. But he describes his program, right, as, and this is what he, the catchphrase that he uses often at the closing. That's it for us tonight. Tune in every night, 8 p.m. to the show that is the sworn enemy of lying, pomposity, and smugness, and groupthink. (laughs) That's the catchphrase. Now, despite whether the information he is giving is accurate or not, his rhetoric as you guys will see, and this is what we're going to talk about, is designed to push feelings of anger and hatred because of how it is presented. Correct. You know, we Correct. have a Bill of Rights, which were documented to tell us what our rights are and that they can't be taken away. Now, again, I love this right and I feel strongly about it. And I would be highly upset if this was taken away from me. Absolutely. Now, I want to start by proving my point on what he is trying to do, which is very, very evident. And I want you guys to take a look at this. The big tech companies have launched their fiercest attack yet on your right as an American to follow your conscience and to say what you believe. Unlike earlier generations of authoritarians, the tech moguls don't say any of this out loud. They're not honorable enough to state their intentions clearly. Instead, they drape censorship in the soothing banality of HR department cliches. Listen here to Mark Zuckerberg explain that the death of free speech in America is actually a really positive thing that we all need to get behind. We're taking a more proactive role in making sure that all of our partners and developers use our services for good. We're very focused on making sure that our recommendations and discovery surfaces um, aren't highlighting groups where people are repeatedly sharing misinformation or harmful content, and we're working hard uh, to completely remove groups if, if they exist primarily to, to violate our policies or, um, or, or do things that are dangerous. Who knew fascism could be so chirpy? Well, well, 
Well, you can certainly hear the urgency within his voice. You can hear the urgency of the fear to deliver the, the fear. Well, you can certainly you can certainly hear and, and feel the smugness. I mean, I think. Yes. You know, if when I look at that, I would instantly think, oh, I'm pissed, right? Yep. That this right is being taken away. Correct. But the question is, is it? Or is this right. a manipulative thing for his audience, right? To Absolutely. get them riled up. Absolutely. Now, Absolutely. I want to say real quick, and this was the funny, this was what I was excited about with this, right? Was, was to t- talk a little bit about fallacies of logic, right? Tucker uses fallacies, right? And what, he, and what he's trying to do is to store the thinking of people as far as I can see. Mm, well, I'm with you. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. Okay. I believe in freedom of press and I'm not sure. obviously working to take away his right to do Correct. that. Correct. Correct. Um, although he's not he, alone. No. He doesn't stand alone. No. And, <laughs> and, but he does incite emotions, right? To get yes, he does. pumped up. Yes. Argumentation and debate, right? Inevitably lend themselves to flawed reasoning and uh, rhetorical errors, I guess you could say. Yeah, right? yeah, that's a good way. yeah. Now, a lot of these errors are considered, again, what we call logical fallacies. One of the greatest classes I took in school was logic and critical thinking. You know, logical fallacies are a very commonplace in, in courtrooms, in formal uh, mm-hmm. television debates, right. and most rampantly on any number of internet forums, social media, right? Yeah, cool yeah. Fact. so true. Now, one thing, and this is the one thing that I hope that people can take away from this, if anything, right, is to not get conned and misled by anybody, including right. us. Right, right. I encourage research on anything that is being said. Please, please. Yeah, so people please. can start with this show. That's right. That's right. Well, you have to understand, and you and I study this a lot out in our world as a whole, is that when emotion is incited in the very beginning of something, it's already a bit of a manipulation. It's already, it's a setup to, for the bring in, you know, I'm going to set you up with this certain emotion. I know how to bring it. And then whatever's coming behind it is going to push that into whatever area I want you to go into. I mean, yeah, because logical fallacies and error in reasoning. Yes. Now I want to tell everybody, you know, knowing how to spot and identify it is a skill and it's a great skill. And it's something that I've worked a lot of years on and it's, and it's become semi easy for me to catch people. Right. Yeah. And yeah, this can absolutely save you time, money, and personal dignity. Yes. Yes, for sure. For sure. And you are quite good at it. Yeah. I, I, I say I'm, I'm, I'm glad to have you on my side here because uh, you can help me spot some shit I might miss. <laughs> yes. Now, I want to explain everybody so everybody kind of understands logical fallacies. There's two major categories of what we define as, um, as a logical fallacy, which then in turn break into a whole shitload of different types yeah. of fallacies. But each of them have their own unique way in trying to trick you, all right? 
into agreeing with them. And the two that we're talking about, there's a formal and informal fallacies, right? A formal fallacy is basically a breakdown in how you say something. Hmm. So the ideas are sequenced um, incorrectly and their form is wrong. And basically they're just making a bunch of noise. An informal fallacy, which is actually the more common one, mm-hmm. um, denotes an error in what you are saying. So the yeah. content of your argument. And the ideas might be arranged correctly, which usually they are. Yeah. Something you said is not quite right. So the content is going to be wrong. You know, a red herring fallacy is again, typically related to the, to the issue in question. But again, it's not quite relevant enough to be helpful. And so instead of clarifying and focusing, it confuses and distracts. Right. And so I wanted to relate this to that video that we just saw. Okay. Does censorship violate the first amendment? And yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Congress passed a law censoring but that's not actually what the question was in that video. Correct. It is actually, is Facebook, Facebook. censoring violating the First Amendment? Right. And the answer to that is no. Right. Because they have policies and guidelines. Well, the First Amendment doesn't qualify for private companies. Right. And that's the issue there. Right. And, uh, and so, you know, and that's where the big debate is. I mean, you even got Trump that's working to sue Facebook, sue Twitter, you know, sue these social media outlets yeah. because they've removed his accounts. They've removed his freedom of speech. Yes, exactly. But they have not. Because, they have not. Because read the First Amendment. Congress yep. shall make no law. Absolutely. Doesn't Absolutely. Say, doesn't say a private company can't right. censor you. And when and when we hear him bring this big, you know, these big words like censorship, which automatically brings up a, an emotional response within us, no one would stop to think about this or to actually break that down in the way that you did. They would just automatically hear that and believe that. And that's that, you yep. know, and, well, and the Trump and, you know, the thing about Trump suing these companies it's complete propaganda right it's there's a huge agenda behind it he knows and especially his attorneys know that he'll never win a lawsuit right right you know but what's happening is people are pouring tons of money into him exactly you know because oh you know we need to help trump we need to get him back in office he's supposed to be in august uh, he was supposed to be back in office in august yeah, that's what he said, right? Yeah, I think. <laughs> Man, we're in September now. Is it September already? <laughs> Did we dodge okay. that bullet? <laughs> so, how honest is Tucker Carlson? And that is what you know interests me probably the most because we're talking about someone who states things as the news and is factual, right? And that's what he's done. Okay, and so you know, as a host on Fox, the question comes, what do they think of him? Right. (laughs) Now, I don't want to spend too much time on this, right? Because this actually has been covered. Although I know there are many of those that watch Tucker that may not be in the loop on this because 
if they just watch Tucker, but <laughs> just for argument, I do want to show you this. Approach Donald Trump and threaten to ruin his career and humiliate his family if he doesn't give them money. Now that sounds like a classic case of extortion. So that was a segment that he had done and he was talking about the former model, the actress who was allegedly paid off by Trump um, to for this cover-up, right? That was uh, supposedly alleged to be, what, a year-long affair, right? Now, I don't know if this happened. I wasn't there. And unless you were there, neither do you, okay? Right, correct. But I am sure that we all remember that story, okay? Yes. Now, yeah, now Karen McDougal ended up suing Fox News for that specific thing that he had said on there. Because if you remember the exceptions to the First Amendment, Mm -hmm. that being defamation, right? Right. Because she was alleged to, to, and was accused, right, of committing a crime, which is extortion which he actually said right. on there, which is yep. defamation. He did. Yes. And now I, I, you know, he never mentioned her name, but according to the court documents, they never disputed and Fox never disputed that he was talking about her. Wow. So it's clear, right? Yeah. He was talking about her and what he was actually talking about. All right. Right. Now, what I, as well as a lot of people out there, and I've seen this on different shows, found interesting was what the Fox attorneys declared about Tucker Carlson. The documents, the court documents state, okay, and this is actually a quote, Fox News seeks dismissal at the pleading stage on two constitutional grounds. Okay, first, it asserts that Mr. Carlson's statement on December 10th, 2018, um, the episode of the show, our constitutionally protected opinion, commentary on matters of public importance and are not reasonably understood as being factual. Now, again, I'm not going to argue whether Trump committed a crime or she committed a crime but it makes very clear what Tucker Carlson's intentions are. Correct. Correct. He said it sounds to be a classic case of extortion. That's really similar to something you would hear by prosecutors in court as they're trying to sway an opinion. That's right. That's right. Careful not to use words of a definitive nature. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, I this is a this is one of the, the the stories that I had heard about. But as we talked about before, I told you that um, that I had to take a break from like mass media news because it seemed that I was running into this situation over and over and over again. And to where I was beginning to have this this real internal fight within myself about what I believed what I was hearing, what fear it was actually bringing up within, how much it was affecting me and I didn't even know, and how I would find myself fighting these battles within. Mm -hmm. Because when you are just, say, not 
maybe not even sitting and, and really paying attention. I know a lot of people in my, I was guilty of this myself, would have it playing in the background. You're hearing these arguments and you're making, whether you're consciously making these, you know, judgments mm-hmm. per se about how, you know, what you are believing, what you're, you're buying. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, People think that it's just innocent news watching. Right. Now, for 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 you, I think with you, you know, you well know yourself and your beliefs, and you are a guy that will absolutely pay attention to both. How does that? How does that really sound? Right. How much sense does it make? How does this feel? And will absolutely seek it out and seek the truth as far as you can find it. For a lot yeah, of he- people. You have, yeah, you really have to um, research intentions, you know, um, motivations, you know, um, you know, seek out manipulation. Yes. And and that's what he does because I guarantee, right, that most listeners listen to him as news. Yes. I mean, the court document in that court case clearly refers to Fox News. Yep. Yep. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. It's not so, Fox opinion, it's Fox News. <laughs> absolutely. And so in, the, in that court document, they refer to the very clear point, right, that I'm actually trying to make of, of logical fallacies, right? The, yep. the court documents, they basically say, and again, I'll give you a quote on this, you know, that Fox News first argues that viewed in context, Mr. Carlson cannot be understood to have been stating facts, but instead that he was delivering an opinion using hyperbole for effect, right? Now, inductive hyperbole, again, it's a logical fallacy, are over-enthusiastic statements of any kind, right? So, you know, the fallacy of the inductive hyperbole refers specifically to over-inflated claims about what's called inductive sampling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, inductive reasoning, moves from literally moves from specific observations to very broad generalizations, which is in the nature of inductive sampling, right? So no conclusion can be guaranteed to be true. And that's what he does. Yeah. 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 In every video I've seen that that's the thing that is his thing. Yeah. There's always a degree of uncertainty. Yep. You know, I mean, we know that, you know, like Tucker Carlson, by these court documents, they work to manipulate their listeners. Yes. And so, you know, for a lot of the history of this country, there's one main argument that's used to rile up people. What do you think that is? Any ideas? Censorship? No, no. When you what? pass legislation that causes harm, provokes oh, hatred, yes. and gotcha. specifically your kids. Yes, it's always the kids. Always the kids. If you want to sway any argument towards your agenda, bring up the kids. Yeah. Always. I mean, our drug always. laws, if you look at our history, right, our drug laws have always used the premise that when we seek an increase in drug use by our yep. kids, yep. new laws, and we increase penalties. Yep. I mean, that's been the premise of all our drug laws. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Bring up the children. Yeah, and this is eventually what led to very extreme prison terms. Yes. You you look back in the 50s and the 60s, you'd get like in some states, especially on the uh, some of the east east coast states, five years for rape, ten years yeah. for murder, twenty years for possession of marijuana. Absolutely, absolutely. It's not even sales. <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know. And then you know, let's let's jump to the war on drugs in the you know the eighties with the crack epidemic. I mean, it became uh, just even more ridiculous. Yep. Ridiculous. Yep. Absolutely. Oh yeah. You nailed that. Yep. And so kids. using your children was another great tactic of Tucker Carlson, right? Because he wants to get you pumped. He wants to get you angry. He wants to yep. blind you to reality. Yep. Yep. All right. Take a look at this. Against every law of society and nature, our children are taught in school to hate their own country. And to believe that the men and women who built it were not heroes, but that were villains. The radical view of American history is a web of lies. All perspective is removed. Every virtue is obscured. Every motive is twisted. Every fact is distorted. And every flaw is magnified until the history is purged and the record is disfigured beyond all recognition. Every word of that is true. If you have kids in school, you know it may even be understatement. What is happening in our classrooms right now in 2020 is a crime. It is long past time that a sitting president said so. All right, and I am very honored to have a very special guest today, Darren, who lives in a conservative state. And so you had an opportunity to see that video. And I wanted to ask you, you know, they related uh, to lying to our children and to, uh, and teaching them that they are villains. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. um, And we, as a teacher, I've heard these over the years, these ideas, um, but Unfortunately, uh, I, the what we do in education—that's not necessarily what is attempting to be achieved. You know, when we study history, especially that far back, and we look at people who have done amazing things, like the founding fathers, the intention is to look at history and to and to also see them in their flaws. You know, to see them as human beings uh, is, I think the more important part to know that they were just simply making choices and decisions at the time. Those decisions obviously had effects. Those effects uh, have continued to to, um, impact society in various ways all the way up to the present day. But if we don't look at them in their, in their good, bad, and, and ugly state, we are assuming that they are above, uh, human nature and that they don't make those flaws. Therefore, um, you know, they made the perfect decisions and that's just not the case. Human beings are just not that way. And so we have to be able to see them in their natural state, uh, knowing that they, they made plenty of mistakes. I mean, they, they made a mistake in the constitution in the first constitution called the articles of confederation. It was a flawed document. It took 10 years to realize that. And then they made uh, a new constitution that's now stuck with us. And so, 
you know, if we leave out the mistakes they made, then then what's the point of any of it? We're going to, you know, of course, see those repetitions uh, in time. Yeah, because in the in the context of that video, you know, they're referring to, you know, obviously people wanting to take down statues, the Confederates, you know, the Confederate, you know, statues um, and, and even things that we've heard about, you know, that speech being at uh, at Mount Rushmore and wanting to take the faces down of the individuals that are on that mountain. Although I haven't actually really heard much pressure <laughs> in actually doing that. No, most, most mainstream and most people um, don't see the removal of, you know, the founding fathers. I know there's some extreme groups that would call on like Lincoln being removed, uh, but that's not, you know, a mainstream belief most people aren't calling on the removal of those, those specific founders like Jefferson and Washington and stuff. Yeah. And even with Lincoln, so Lincoln, you know, they had the debate Lincoln and Douglas, Mm -hmm. which clearly did show that, you know, Lincoln obviously wanted to remove slavery. Everybody had the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, but he didn't believe in equality. Um, But at the same time, you know, he was a big thinker at that yeah. point in time. I mean, he kind of, he, was, he was ahead of his time for that time. And you, you can see, you have to look at the whole spectrum of his presidency to get that, to get that idea. Cause you're right. in the Lincoln Douglas debates early on, um, he, you know, he was saying things like, I see them, they're inferior referring to slaves and, uh, the the Africans who you know are trying attempting to gain their freedom and referring to them as less than in some cases they're not uh, intellectually equal they should not have equality with voting and participating but over time he evolves his message and you can see him as a as a um, politician as a you know a citizen of course changing in many ways to the point where he at least sees that they should be free, that they work and should be able to um, earn their own living, eat their own food that they produce without that, that institution of slavery. Yeah. Yeah. And all of those, you know, I mean, you kind of look back at that time. I mean, who, who wasn't involved with slavery? Right. I mean, right. It, was, it was, that was just the thing. I mean, everybody, you know, uh, George Washington, the form of labor. Yeah. The form of labor that was established. And, you know, we, we look back all the way, you can go back to the Spanish when they, um, when Christopher Columbus came on behalf of the Spanish who who paid for their way, um, they used what was called the encomienda system. And the encomienda system was a forced, forced type of labor. And that was put on the natives at the time. Uh, and then eventually that system transitioned and we, we saw uh, the slavery, the institution of slavery kind of taking its place uh, as time went on. And so by the time uh, we became a country um, or into the early 19th century, that form of labor, that forced labor system of slavery um, was, was bigger than any one single person. And so it became so prominent that it, it became a machine in itself. Uh, But we also, by the middle of the 19th century, we start to see people kind of calling for the end of it. Um, And and so that's, you know, when that that big debate started to occur, uh, 
calling on a new form of labor that did not include forced labor, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember in high school, you know, for me, we weren't taught any of that stuff. You know, I mean, the, the education that we were taught, you know, was the, you know, Thanksgiving, you know, you, you sit down with the Indians and you eat and, you know, the, uh, you might hear a little bit about slavery, but it was very minimal. Um, you know, we talked about the forced curriculums, you know, back at that time. And you would almost see, I mean, would you see that if we remained with forced curriculums, we avoided talking about those things, that that would be lying to our kids? Do you agree with that? Yeah, I, I think if you leave certain parts out, especially if you have any motive, whatever it is, even to build patriotism, you know, you're potentially lying. So if you know to be leaving certain characteristics or th- certain aspects out, I, I see that as being um, not very truthful. And of course, lying to those who uh, we need to educate, we need to inform. You know, because as as we go through history, you have to see, especially what I teach is looking for the connections, looking for the patterns. Uh, And so if you leave a big chunk out, it's it's confusing. It's going to be confusing to a lot of people uh, and it's not going to make a whole lot of sense in regards to why things are occurring uh, if you leave those big chunks out. Mm-hmm. You know, the civil rights movement under with Dr. King and, and those who are leading that. If you don't talk about why they're having that movement, it, their movement doesn't make any sense, right. you know. And so you have to look at what occurred before it to be able to even make sense of that movement. And then you can, you know, then you're going to see, well, why did the, the big protests of 2020 occur? Well, you got to look at the connections that occurred right before that to be able to make all of those connections and find those links. Yeah. So if you didn't do that, you'd basically just say that uh, England landed in America and leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's where you're at. Right. And that's where, you know, and, and I think it's unfortunate when you hear people anybody it doesn't matter who's saying it but to say that that we're we're teaching our kids to hate america i see it as the reverse of that you know i i find it to to admire america and to respect america more now in the 21st century knowing the progress that we've made knowing we went through the the horrors of slavery knowing that we um, we're able to overcome that and that we went through the Civil War and that we went through the Civil Rights Movement. And all of this has put us on this trajectory of progress. How are like you 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 appreciate the country more so by seeing that by starting at the bottom and seeing the progress that they made. And so I, I just find it to be unusual that by looking at a tough history, um, you don't like your country. I see it the opposite. I appreciate my country more so knowing we have gone through that and we've made those, those improvements and we continue to, you know, the, the hundred years from now, 200 years from now, they're going to be at a, at a better place than we are now. Um, and, and I hope they do, but we have to be able to, to kind of push through the hard to be able to get through uh, those, those improvements hmm. and to see them. I'm going to ask you a question real quick. I don't know if you want to answer this, <laughs> but 
do you see it all when you look at history and you study it? Do you see we're declining again? Do you think we are? Um, no, no. I mean, the, the data, the evidence shows the world's in a safer place than it's ever been. It's in a healthier place than it's ever been. Um, when you look at uh, there's a there's a great book called Factfulness. Uh, and he, the author, he passed away and this was like his last project. And, uh, and he shows all the data as far as where we are as a world. And, you know, and we've, we are, we're in a much better place than we have ever been. And I, the students I have, I tell them this all the time, you know, they're more diverse, they're more accept, accepting of one another. Uh, there's more empathy, there's more understanding, there's more support, uh, all of that. It, do we have ways to go? Of course, you know, is there, there's always things you can, anybody can point anything out and be like, well, look at this and look at this. And, you know, of course that's the case. Um, but I don't, I think we are definitely in a, in a stronger place as a, as a species, as a people uh, and a culture. Um, are there areas of technology that potentially make it look like we're set back or make it challenging? I think social media is one that, you know, some of the characteristics, it, it has that in it. Um, but I, I, I think we're, we're much healthier as a people, for sure. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I'll, you know, like a lot of the hate and stuff that we see today, it, it, was, it was around before. It just yeah. wasn't in our face. You know, there's, there's just the platform for it now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. yeah. And, you know, and again, it's like we have to go through this period to come out better on the other side. Uh, and we put, I, I, I trust that we will, um, you know, and nobody knows what that's going to look like. Mm -hmm. um, but, but I think we're, we're, we're still on a, a great trajectory. We have good people and, you know, people are, are working hard and um, solving problems and all of that. Yeah. Well, hey, I want to thank you so much for coming on here and uh, giving, giving us your insight on uh, the educational system. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I think that by continuing to, to distort history, by only showing, you know, these men in these situations in this supreme light that we are, that it is playing people for dumb. And I think where we are right now is that we want to know that because right now it's confusing in my, you know, in my state where I am, we have a lot of wanting to take down statues. And I think that that has a lot to do with, you know, where we start to learn history in school mm -hmm. and, 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 and learning. It's almost like this underlying of supremacy when we are taught the way you and I are taught. And I'm, I'm so grateful to hear teachers, you know, like, like this amazing man and, and others that I've got come in contact with that are, that see the benefit of, of, of teaching a full history. I stand thoroughly with that. I can appreciate our country more and have far more understanding when we understand the real, right. you know, like, like the real stories, because it's true. We're right. humans, Absolutely. you know, yep. we are evolving. Yes.
I, I agree with you 100%. Now, one of the things that I find funny, right, in that video was when Tucker Carlson comes on and he is telling the truth. The truth. You know, and one of the things that I see, uh, you know, there's there's a fallacy in logic also of authority, you know, where people basically believe it just because they said it. That's right. And this is one of the things that I, I think that Tucker Carlson gets a lot, you know, is that he says it. So it's got to be true. Got to be true. You know? And, you know, the important thing about Tucker is that we have someone <laughs> who can clearly define. And one of the funniest one is when Trump is honest and when Trump is lying. I want to show you this video real quick. One of the reasons progressives say they hate Donald Trump is because he lies a lot. Trump, they'll tell you, is a committed liar, an inveterate one. To prove the point, the left has set about trying to catalog Trump's dishonesty with the kind of scientific precision you normally associate with obsessed baseball fans or amateur bird watchers. As of last month, according to the Washington Post, Donald Trump has made a total of 13,435 false or misleading statements while in office. As the Post points out, the line began at the inauguration. Perhaps you remember this claim, which at the time deeply offended official Washington. Here's a picture of the crowd. Now, the audience was the biggest ever, but this crowd was massive. Look how far back it goes. We're not going to lie to you. That was untrue. The crowd at the 2017 inauguration was not the largest ever measured on the National Mall. Sorry, it wasn't. Why did the president claim it was? Well, because that's who he is. Donald Trump is a salesman. He's a talker, a boaster, a booster, a compulsive self-promoter. At times, he's a full-blown BS artist. If Trump hadn't gotten rich in real estate, he could have made a fortune selling cars. Most people know this. It's obvious. It's transparent, really. <laughs> so condescending. Oh, wow. So according to him, Trump lies all the time. Right? He even clarifies that, you know, and, and what it actually goes on to say that it isn't his lies that upset the Democrats, but when he's <laughs> actually telling the truth. Right. You know, I mean, this is clearly a flip in an agenda. Yep. <laughs> because they couldn't dispute that Trump is honest. Right. Right. <laughs> and I, I found I found that so funny, you know. Oh my gosh. But this is where I think Trump be, or I think Tucker Carlson becomes dangerous. Right? Because he starts yeah. delving into fear. Yep. Right. Check this yep. one. Look, if you know, the, the, the liberals said this for many years and they were absolutely right. If a law is unjust, if it's designed to hurt people who are innocent rather than protect the innocent, then, you know, you have to think really strongly about civil disobedience. I mean, because, you know, if they're forcing you to violate your conscience, to hurt yourself or your children, you know, in what sense are you obligated to obey that? I mean, right. they're pushing this so far especially on the mask question. And there's a yeah. ton of evidence that masks hurt kids. There doesn't seem to be any evidence that kids benefit from masks. 
So if they're not going to explain why this is a good policy, it's, it kind of puts the rest of us in a very tough spot. Uh, you know, I want to follow the law, but am I going to hurt my kids to satisfy your political he said, imperatives? Hopefully I don't not. Know. Hopefully there won't be long-term we negative consequences. We have no earthly idea what the long-term effects of any of this is going to be. Including COVID. Catch COVID. Exactly. I mean, that's the thing that this goes again back to, you know, them utilizing fear. Yep. And actually, and I did a lot of research on this, okay, um, because, you know, there's, there's online claims, right, that children that wear face masks for COVID-19 are being exposed to dangerous levels of carbon dioxide. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. This was actually from an individual, and they have actually proven now that this is false. I was wondering where his ton of evidence came from. Well, the this, ton. Is, this is the image, right, suggesting that masking children, right, for COVID-19 protection, right, exposes them again to harmful carbon dioxide. It sounds legit, right? Yeah, yeah. it you know, sounds you know, scary target, enough. Or Tucker, it sounds legit, right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. So Tucker Carlson mentions, all right, an individual in in a earlier part of that that the, the, this individual, uh, his name was Harold Wallach, right? Who is a a German researcher who and this, what's this guy? He defends homeopathy, right? And other uh, pseudosciences. Mm-hmm. And he managed to publish two high-impact papers, right, in these various different medical journals stating that COVID-19 vaccines cause nearly as many deaths as they prevent, okay, and also that face masks are dangerous for children. And this is actually where Tucker Carlson gets his information, okay? Both articles were retracted within days. Wow. It was a... Wow. Poland's Poznan University of Medical Sciences, or PUMS, right, or PUMS, whatever, <laughs> where um, where Wallach was working, and he announced that um, they they actually announced that his affiliation with them has also been terminated. Wow! So and, that's his ton of evidence. Like that's his. Yes. That's his ton of evidence. Yes. And so you know, yeah. So Wallach got a paper published in, and it was called Vaccines. Okay, again, that stated that COVID-19 vaccines kill two people for every three that they save. This is what it said in his article, right? And um, I personally, okay, have not heard of many cases at all of people dying from the vaccine. I mean, the only only health issues that we heard were, you know, um, you know, people that would have had the similar concepts of getting a flu shot, right? An allergic reaction, you know, there were, I guess, what, a few cases related to blood clots? Well, and we've seen some of the neurological um, issues bringing up, you know, the uncontrolled shaking. But again, I think in anything, we're all such different individuals and human beings that there's no way at this point to, to write out a blanket list of side effects there's just there's no way and but the the likelihood of it happening is small yeah it's much smaller than than what we're seeing and the problem that i'm finding in all of this is like with guys like this that use extreme language like a ton of evidence in one way or the other 
I mean, if you take apart that entire video clip, you see the 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 fear, you see the manipulation, you see the attack on on other on, on the public's sensibilities of we're in a pandemic and everybody's scared shitless. Yeah. We've got lockdown people are not only scared shitless for their 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 health and the health of their children, but they're scared shitless about how they're going to survive and and what's going to happen outside of this. So in one video clip, when we use so many avenues of fear and manipulation, mm-hmm. how do we call any of it true? Right. And it's gotten to where this has become so so the norm on each individual news or opinion station. I don't even know how we call them news much anymore. We don't know what to trust. So well, I think it's so idle. Yeah, you know, so... You know, I watch Fox News in the morning time, okay? Mm-hmm. But I watch the normal Fox News. <laughs> it, you know, you, uh, Not the trail-off shows, the yeah, you, you shows. Know, you know, the morning <laughs> Fox News, you know, 6 o'clock in the morning, 7 o'clock. It's not, you know, they're not, uh, you know, spouting out all this biased information, agenda, things like that, right? They have a doctor. Stories. They have a doctor that actually comes on that encourages everybody, get vaccinated, get vaccinated. Even explaining in there that that mutations of viruses or things like we have here are a result of unvaccinated people catching it because then it allows to mutate. And so, you know, so you have Fox doctors that they don't work for Fox, but that come on. Right. But of course, I'm not talking about Tucker Carlson because he's not a doctor. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But here's where it even gets more interesting, because if if, you know, Tucker comes on, he talks about all this dangers behind masks. Okay, well, where does he get his sources from? Well, he mentioned that individual. Right. You know, in an earlier Mm -hmm. part of the video, that Mm -hmm. guy. Right. Who actually is now uh, his report had been removed. But now if you go to the American Academy of Pediatrics. Now, these are doctors. Mm-hmm. Right? Work, they work with kids, okay, that address these carbon dioxide concerns. And this is actually what they say. There have been false reports that face masks can lead to carbon dioxide poisoning, right, which is known as hypercapnia, mm-hmm. rebreathing the air that we normally breathe out. And it clearly states, this is not true, right? It explains, you know, what it actually goes into is that carbon dioxide molecules are very tiny, even smaller Mm -hmm. respiratory droplets Mm -hmm. and not be trapped by breathable materials like cloth or disposable masks. Well, this has been used by doctors for years. I mean, I think that we would have actually seen this be a, a huge problem at some point in the past as well. Again, I think it just goes to throw in the the rhetoric or the agenda into now this, because, I mean, I think that by now we would have heard something about this or doctors would have come up with some other way to protect themselves. And, you know, well, I realize children and adults are different, but. Well, but, the you know, the the reality being is that, you know, 
a kid, a kid or an adult, I mean, there, there would still be some dangers. If it harmed kids, it would harm adults by breathing right. your same quote unquote carbon dioxide. Right. Right. What about all the people I worked for a paint company for years. We use masks all day long, all day Sprayed in areas yep. right, where the oxygen almost gets removed because you have You're to right. mask. I'm still sitting here today. I survived. Yep. You know, people do it every day. Exactly. And so, exactly. you know, what is more harmful? Sending your kid everywhere without a mask or right. sending them with a mask? Well, absolutely. You know, Tucker Carlson gets information from a guy whose document had been strictly removed because they declared it was false information. And then you can go to more legitimate sources <laughs> and actually find <laughs> that it does not hurt kids. And so maybe you should put kids, maybe put masks on your face or on your kid's face so they don't catch COVID. Correct. Correct. Because he doesn't offer an alternative option there either. He just says masks are dangerous for kids. But, okay, so what else do we do? You know, there's no alternative information. It's not informative. It's fear tactics. Absolutely. Scare me. Don't inform me. Yes. And that I don't even know if I would say is a logical fallacy, but more just a straight lie. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you on the straight line. No straight line. Wonder what Tucker thinks about racism. Mm. What if we were told that white people, right, are now being targeted? We told you that Bank of America has been turning over private customer data to the feds as part of its effort to defeat extremism. Now we're learning that Bank of America itself has extremist views. Bank of America is teaching its employees that toddlers can be racist. According to Bank of America, quote, toddlers develop racial biases by ages three to five and should be actively taught to recognize the smog of white privilege. Obviously, that's like the creepiest, scariest, most evil thing we've read today. Chris Rufo broke this story. Good for him. He joins us tonight. Chris, thanks so much for the reporting that you do. This is shocking. Bank of America is endorsing this? Yeah, that's right. Uh, In their training program that they recommended employees take uh, over 21 days, it's really a race re-education program, Uh, Bank of America, which in its very name claims to represent the United States, denounces America as a white supremacist country and by extension expresses antipathy and even hatred to 70% of its citizens. Uh, But unfortunately, this is a pattern across many of our Fortune 100 companies. Uh, They've adopted programs that are indistinguishable from the most radical critical race theory courses uh, in our elite universities. Now, I want to say, I want to say, I watched that. That sounds legit. He's got some, right? He's got some. That sounds good. I mean, Mm -hmm. I I watched that and go, wow, that's fucked up. Yeah. That's Bank of America. Yeah. Yeah. I have to, I got to realize that, you know, those quotes, okay, this is the funny part. Those quotes in that video have got to be from Bank of America's documents, right? That's that's what it would lean to. Now, I also have to assume that Bank of America is fully run. It's got to be run by Hispanics, Blacks, gay people, and women, right? Just to prove this. Yep. is the executives of B of A. I actually have pictures of this. <laughs> there we go. Oh, wait a minute. Wait, white, white. Wow. 
There's white people here. Yeah. That's weird. <laughs> oh, I see one black guy here, too. We got another picture. Hold on. What the fuck? What's going on here? What the hell's going on? Why are these white people teaching everybody? <laughs> that can't be right, right? It can't be right. Can't be right. Well, okay. A lot of those quotes are not from Bank of America. No. But the guy that actually was on the show, okay? If you search those keywords that are quoted, there's one person that is referenced in every article that states that. Either Let he, me guess. author, right? Or others that reference those words are referred back to him as being factually based on the article of that guy. Right? <laughs> Not great proof of this. Okay. <laughs> now, I got to ask you this. How long did it take you to basically kind of fact check this information? About five minutes. Five minutes. Yeah. Five minutes is what it takes for us. Now, to now it, did, it did take longer, okay, it, in terms of getting the real specifics, right? But I typed in some of those keywords and the, and the quotes that he had, okay? Mm -hmm. Every one of them, again, referenced back to Rufo, the guy <laughs> that was on his show, okay? But this is what Bank of America actually says. Mm, that's what I want to hear. From that building is. an inclusive, diverse company to promoting mm -hmm. equality and inclusion in our communities, we recognize the value in welcoming different voices and perspectives. We also strive to empower everyone to create the financial lives they want, right? To achieve all of these objectives, we have policies and programs to advance the careers and businesses of various groups that can make unique contributions like women, the LGBTQ plus community, service members and veterans and individuals with intellectual disabilities. Nice. Christopher Rufo right, <laughs> makes lots of claims in his social media and the articles, but there's no actual direct link in his articles to prove his accusations. Mm. You'd, you'd think that, and this is one thing that I find over and over and over yep. again, and that's why we are on here showing very direct links and, and resources, yes. images and pictures of what we are actually talking about. Okay. Yep. Yep. But you know, he makes a lot of claims again in his social media, but there's no link to prove the accusations that he's talking about. Wow. Wow. I researched Bank of America's website inward and outward and looked at everything and found the links to all the different stuff that relate to, in, is to equality, right? Mm -hmm. Social equality. Nothing in there has any statement white supremacists. White supremacy. It's a white supremacist country. So what they've done is they've taken this and have exaggerated. This Christopher Rufo has taken wow. this concept and said, oh, wow, you know, they're mentioning only women, LGBTQ plus community, you know, yep. <clears throat> blacks, you know, different things. So this must mean that they're declaring America as a white supremacist country because they're, they're leaving us out. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> yes, for sure. I, I, and this goes right along with, you know, some of the, the videos and the stuff that we've watched recently about the, you know, the people that are members of hate groups like the KKK and different things. This lends into that fear that we're being left out. This is against us. And now it's all about them. And so when you have guys like this that just ping pong off of all of this stuff, either way it goes, mm -hmm. they are driving ridiculousness and fear and false information into many different groups and niches of human beings. Yes. And again, driving up an agenda, which in, in their case is ratings. I mean, absolute, without a doubt, their case is ratings. Yes. How many people are going to read this, read this article that he's written because it is now kicked up so much 100%. drama and debate. But you know? what's even funnier to me, though, is that a lot of the people he talks about, too, could be white people, too, like women. Yeah. Women can be white. Uh, service members and veterans could be white. Uh, Absolutely. And with intellectual disabilities could be white, although I'm sure right. that those are going to be black people. But, of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> but I want to show you, I want to show you something real quick. Cause again, um, you know, he, he I, I want to see, let's take a look at what his view of women are. Oh yeah. Equality. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in my brief experience, you know, what gets women going is arguing with them. Really? Yeah. I didn't, Brad, I never use them. It's true. You debate politics with a woman and just go, you know, just full-blown out there, especially feminism. If you're talking to a feminist and she's giving you, you know, well, you know, men really need to be more sensitive. And this, you know, actually, men don't need to be more sensitive. You just need to be quiet and kind of do what you're told. And lighten up a little bit, bitch. They love it. So we've got new hairstyles and maternity flight suits. Pregnant women are going to fight our wars. It's a mockery of the U.S. military. While China's military becomes more masculine as it's assembled the world's largest navy, our military needs to become, as Joe Biden says, more feminine. Whatever feminine means anymore, since men and women no longer exist. The bottom line is, it's out of control, and the Pentagon's going along with this. Again, this is a mockery of the U.S. military and its core mission, which is winning wars. In the, in the very beginning of this, he says, in my brief experience, this lets me know... <laughs> that I can believe his experience with women is brief. I don't think he gets very far. How, what an asshole. You know, in the past, okay, so Tucker Carlson has used the presence of women in the military, right? In, in a lot of ways, I could probably to hurt the Democrats. And like when, mm. when, uh, when Barack Obama's administration lifted a ban on women in frontline combat roles, Right. What Carl Carlson tweeted, right? He said the administration boasts about sending women to the front lines on the same day Democrats push the Violence Against Women Act. Implying that those two are related. Right, exactly. Really? Right. Exactly. I Our mean, women are not <laughs> raped and and um, and abused and molested and in murdered in other countries that has to do with everything here yep. man i'll tell you what so again here's a flip on so he takes an idea okay yes. and he twists it into using these words such as even a feminist military right yep and so 
So this is what, you know, he, you know, and this was related to Joe Biden's praise, right, of female service members. Um, and, um, and again, you know, with Tucker Carlson, you know, we're trying to force the military, military to be more feminine, right? But this is what Biden actually said, right, on International Women's Day. I'm incredibly proud that in 2015, under the Obama-Biden administration, we took the final steps to open up all positions in the military to anyone qualified to serve in them. The women who join today's military aren't told no when they apply to fly fighter jets or attack helicopters just because of their gender. They aren't told no when they want to apply to ranger school or infantry officer basic training. But they all know that there's much, much more work to be done to ensure that women's leadership is recognized and we have more diverse leaders. We reach the top echelons of command for all who are qualified, including all women, all women, and that all women feel safe and respected in our military, period. You know, some of, some of it's relatively uh, straightforward work where we're making good progress designing body armor that fits women properly, tailoring combat uniforms for women, creating maternity flight suits, updating, uh, updating requirements for their st- hairstyles. Uh, I, I don't see the word more feminine even nope. in the statement, right? No. Nope. So I also don't see women on the front line. I don't hear pregnant women on the front I line. I don't believe that they're going to have a, a seven-month pregnant women woman out there with a freaking m16 freaking fighting a war i mean that's not even logical (laughs) it's like come on (laughs) not even logical (laughs) but he does not believe women are equal no no without a doubt like that's that's very clear (laughs) nor in your case other than white since he absolutely his dislike for racial equality or diversity Right. And he, Absolutely. And he does this by manipulating into something that I cannot prove was actually said. Absolutely. Absolutely. Does he care about black lives? Let's take a look. Let's see. This may be a lot of things, this moment we're living through, but it is definitely not about black lives. And remember that when they come for you, and at this rate, they will. Anyone who's ever been subjected to the rage of the mob knows the feeling. It's like being swarmed by hornets. You cannot think clearly. And the temptation is to panic, but you can't panic. You've got to keep your head and tell the truth. Tell the truth. If you show weakness of any kind, they will crush you. (laughs) Panic in the mob. You got people panicking on their couch listening to this or on the internet. You're already panicked. What you gonna do when they come for you? That is the most what? pathetic thing that I've seen. Right? Okay. And I want to say something real quick. And again, for anybody that listens to Tucker Carlson, <clears throat> don't take this personally or take it personally. Nope. Well, however you do it. His viewers apparently need to be told not to panic. Absolutely. You need to think clearly. So obviously, his listeners panic. Mm-hmm. His listeners lack strength. Yeah. They are weak. Yep. According to him. I mean, you listen to that, right? Yep. Now, 
I, I do want to say real quick that I used a similar tactic to Carlson by throwing words that he never said. <laughs> but he implies that. Yes. I mean, really, right? You yes, know. without a doubt. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And and again, we go back to that that core fear, that core, you know, incite emotion. Yes. Now I'm gonna feed you this and you will follow my ideas because I'm feeding you this. I'm going to give you the problem. I'm going to get you all riled up and then I'm going to feed you my solution. And that's how, and how does this not affect, how does this, how does this not affect humanity as a whole? You know, I, I I just really, I I don't, (laughs) we got to have these guys, you know, Eric, we got to have these guys and the whole point of all of this is be a Tucker Carlson listener, be a fan, but be an informed fan, you know, take your power back. Well, and what he's saying, okay, is relation to, you know, like the, the riots, okay? Yeah. Black now, I want to correlate this real quick with January 6th, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, according to a lot of Republicans, and we've heard this over and over, that incident was a protest, okay? Yep, yeah. Strictly to voice their opinion. I mean, there was a lot of them that really, even uh, some people in Congress, you know, they were changing the word, right? Well, I want to, I want to correlate real quick. The vast majority of Black Lives Matter protests, more than 93% were peaceful. Yep. According to yep. a lot of different reports. Okay. Yep. And um, the Armed Conflict Location and Event Data Project, right? they analyzed more than 7,750 Black Lives Matter demonstrations in all 50 states and Washington, D.C. also. Wow. That um, and these were ones that took place, you know, after the George Floyd's death. Right? Their report, okay, stated that more than 2,400 locations reported peaceful protests, while fewer than 220 reported violent demonstrations. Wow, we shouldn't list these resources just for jumping off places in the description of, of this video. And I think that we will do that to make sure that you have a jumping off place. And there were places to fight. 20 that were violent. Okay. That's so, you know, I, a lot that's, of people still believe that black lives matter protests are largely violent, contrary. Right. To that, that have come out, you know? Yep. 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 You know, they, they actually did a, um, a survey, right, in, in um, where they saw said that 42% of the respondents believe that most protesters associated with that Black Lives Matter are trying to incite violence. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Because Black people in this so, country cannot the, raise their voice. Yeah. And the disparity stems, of course, from political orientation, biased media, frame, yep. right, such as, uh, you know, a disproportionate coverage of violent demonstrations. Yes. Yep. The ones you see on the news are the ones that have the uprisings, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And 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 to me, where this still stems to come from and what it should show us, I mean, just literally in neon, you know, signage, it should show us how much we still have in us 
that that generational racism, that generational prejudice, that generational fear that still resides and lives in people, in white people in this country today, that we still expect these things to be violent, that we're still looking at other individuals as we, as people in generations before and past looked at them. Now, if this isn't a play, if this isn't a time ever for us to hold a mirror up and ask ourselves that question and then begin to ask ourselves why it is that we feel that we should be scared of a Black Lives Matters rally or, or protest or, or, or peaceful protest, ask some questions, man. Find out what's really happening. Oh, it's frustrating to me. Huge hypocrisy behind yes. protesting in this country. Okay. That's I believe crazy. firmly peaceful protesting is great because we yep. have the right to do this. Great country That's we live right. in, right? That's Black right. Black Lives Matters, you know, violent protests should never happen. And they shouldn't. I mean, that 100%, right? January mm-hmm. 6th should never have happened. Correct. But how does the side of Tucker, you know, okay with one side, but not on the other. That's right. Because this video here is going to give you a clear picture of it. On Tuesday, Pelosi will call a Capitol police officer called Harry Dunn. Dunn will pretend to speak for the country's law enforcement community. But it turns out Dunn has very little in common with your average cop. Dunn is an angry left-wing political activist whose social media feeds are full of praise, not coincidentally, for Nancy Pelosi. Here's a picture of the two of them together. Racism is so American, Harry Dunn wrote in one post, that when you protest it, people think you're protesting America. Hashtag, leave it to whites to tell blacks what is racist. Hashtag, I stand with Elon Omar. Hashtag, squad. Harry Dunn, ladies and gentlemen, just another fact-based witness to the insurrection. Okay, now I want to make, I want to make mention really quick, okay? He kept mentioning these hashtags, hashtag. Right? Mm-hmm. The video that he showed of the image, and I actually went to to this guy's uh, uh, Twitter post that he had pulled this from and went through all of his, a lot of his posts. And um, there's not a single hashtag that's actually shown on the video of the post that he puts up there. I mean, why does it say hashtag this, hashtag this, hashtag this? There's not a single hashtag even on that picture that he puts up there. Weird, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seems to be right in line with Mr. Carlson. <laughs> yes, it's. Uh, oh wow! I actually pulled. I actually pulled. Um, I could not find that specific post on this guy's uh, on this guy's um, site. Mm-hmm. I picked another one that was similar in time frame. Okay, and it was actually June twenty fourth, two thousand nineteen. And this is what he said. Words matter and have so much power. Imagine telling a complete stranger who was contemplating hashtag suicide. Unbeknown to you, good morning and hope you have a great day. And that, sa- and that saves their life and gives them purpose. Hashtag be kind. Hashtag words matter. Hashtags say good morning. Wow. Wow. That's not the one he put. But it's just interesting, like he throws a post up there from his Twitter account. There's not a single hashtag on the actual picture. Right. 
I could not actually find even in the date that was on that thing in this guy's Twitter. I couldn't even find that post. It wasn't in there. Um, but I grabbed this one, which was just, you know, within a similar time frame of when that one was pulled and hashtag be kind, hashtag work matter, hashtag say good morning. Right. Right. It's not even close to any of the hashtags that Tucker Carlson yeah. didn't have. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm mostly the complete opposite. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't hear him say anything about color or make sure that you tell, you know, a white person good morning or a black person good morning. Just seems like be kind. And that's what inclusion is about, right? That we don't have to state, you know, specific colors or, or, or sexualities or orientations that when we're inclusion, we're, we're all inclusive. It means we don't have to call people out. Yep. You know, I think we got to restudy the word inclusion and figure out what it means in this country, you know, Absolutely. man. So Tucker Carlson, you know, as I, as I've explained, treats his listeners as very unintelligent. That's right. And I have That's very right. good evidence of this. Right. Unless you view Tucker as a non-news person, strictly for entertainment purposes. <laughs> now I want to show you a video, Lona. I want, to, I want you to take a look at this video and I want to see, I want to see if you see what I see in this video. So on Monday of this week, we received a, from a source, a collection of confidential documents related to the Biden family. We believe those documents are authentic, they're real, and they're damning. At the time we received them, our, my executive producer, Justin Wells, and I were in Los Angeles preparing to interview Tony Bobolinsky about the Biden's business dealings in China, Ukraine, and other countries. So we texted a producer in New York, and we asked him to send those documents to us in L.A., and he did that. So Monday afternoon of this week, he shipped those documents overnight to California with a large national carrier, a brand-name company that we've used, you've used countless times with never a single problem. But the Biden documents never arrived in Los Angeles. Tuesday morning, we received word from the shipping company that our package had been opened and the contents were missing. The documents had disappeared. Now, to its credit, the company took this very seriously and immediately began a search. They traced the envelope from the moment our producers dropped it off in Manhattan on Monday all the way to 3.44 a.m. yesterday morning. That's when an employee at a sorting facility in another state noticed that our package was open and empty. Apparently, it had been opened. So the company's security team interviewed every one of its employees who touched the envelope we sent. They searched the plane and the trucks that carried it. They went through the office in New York where our producer dropped that package off. They combed the entire cavernous sorting facility. They used pictures of what we had sent so that searchers would know what to look for. They went far and beyond, but they found nothing. Those documents have vanished. As of tonight, the company has no idea and no working theory even about what happened to this trove of materials, documents that are directly relevant to the presidential campaign just six days from now. We spoke to executives at that company a few hours ago. They seemed baffled and deeply bothered by this. And so are we. Okay, I want to get your thoughts. What do, what do you, what do you, I mean, that sounds crazy, right? That sounds really. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds, that sounds serious. Like this is a huge conspiracy <laughs> to get those documents. And like there's secret agents involved. I mean, if I'm hearing this, I'm thinking there's secret agents involved. 
somebody has gotten this from between here and there. This is a big deal. And they're gone. And they're just bad. And apparently nobody thought to make copies of it. No. I mean, even though we you, know, you got, got emails too, you could email, you could fax. Right. We got pictures. I mean, you got something. I mean, like these, these, this is where I was watching this and I was like, oh my God, like you've got literally him treating his people so dumb. Okay. <laughs> we've all of a sudden got these damning documents, right? On Biden that shows he's a crook. He's a criminal. He should be put to death. I don't know if you, you know, yep. they went that oh. far, but you know, horrible things that we've got proof, but the papers are gone. They're gone. Just like that. Like literally there was only one copy. That's it. There must've only been That's it. one copy. But and yet he says we sent them pictures of these documents so they know what they were looking for. So can't we get them again if we've got pictures? You'd think, you know, but they're, no, they're gone. They're gone. Vanished. Yeah. It's over with. That wow. is insane. I mean, that's horrible. That is conspiracy. That, that, I'd be pissed like, off. Yeah. Somebody like, yeah. I mean, they got the envelope, but it was empty. Right. The they opened it up. It was empty. That's the that is the name of the episode of this drama series. The envelope was empty. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember seeing that and I was thinking, like, oh my god, how does anybody believe this? Like literally, you know. I mean, he he runs a show in DC, right? They're next door, New York mm. papers. Mm. But he's in Los Angeles, so they mail him to Los Angeles. Right? Why don't they just mail them to him in New York, number one, or DC? Why don't they just drive them there? Why don't they just make a copy of them? I mean, why? Right. I mean, you'd email. I'd email them first. Be like, dude, you got to check this shit out, man. Look at this stuff. Right. I mean, I've been like on it. You know, I found. You know, Trump had had. Uh, you know, some crazy. I'd be like, whoa, man, check us out. Mail it to you. You know, it takes too long. Right. I want you to that shit now. <laughs> now. <laughs> we are a society that pushes a button and has yeah. our stuff. What we, are you uh, thinking? Oh, it's crazy. They're gone. Right. The envelope's empty. So we're going to make a decision here real quick by a very trusted uh, individual. Um, if uh, Is Tucker Carlson real or is he fake? Let's take a look at this. Respectfully, sir, you're the president and people tuning into these briefings, they want to get information and guidance and want to know what to do. They're hey, not looking for up, rumors. I'm the president and you're fake news. And you know what I'll say to you? I'll say very nicely. I know you will. I know you will because I know the guy. I see what he writes. He's a total faker. So are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? It's just a suggestion from a brilliant lab by a very, very smart, perhaps brilliant man. He's talking about sun, he's talking about heat, and you see the numbers. I want to let everybody know that was not Tucker Carlson that he was really talking to, okay? I just wanted to do a, a <laughs> you know, something. But no, that was not Tucker Carlson. That one was just for fun. <laughs> that one was fun. <laughs> you were right. telling me about that, but you had not had it ready yet. Yeah. I'd only listened to the audio. <laughs> All right. So to finalize this argument, I want to take a look at his communication and accuracy. Bruce Willis in Insurrection Day. 
but it's not a joke. According to the Honorable Jim McGovern and everyone else you just saw on the screen, this was not a protest. How dare you call it that? This was an insurrection. Insurrection, insurrection, insurrection. Write that a hundred times on the board and don't forget it. I-N-S-U-R-R-E-C-T-I-O-N. Insurrection. Learn it. Love it. But you should also know, by the way, for frame of reference, what an insurrection is not. For example, yesterday, 28 people arrested at a violent protest in New York, not on behalf of Donald Trump. Those people attacked police officers. A bunch of them went to jail. But know this. Were they insurrecting at the time? No, they weren't. How do we know they weren't? Because they weren't racists. Okay, I want to point something out. This one is, I really <laughs> like this, because this one is one of the greatest um, manipulative factors of 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 people talking okay because he starts it out really weird um and then says this is serious right and then he points out insurrection insurrection insurrection. he wants that word in your head insurrection yep. insurrection insurrection even spells it to go frame of reference he's correlating right the black lives matter or whatever that movement was i don't know if it was right black lives matter but whatever that that thing did that did take place okay in new york now there's some right there's wrong facts that he gave but and I'll, I'll tell you in a second but <laughs> that he wanted that in your head insurrection 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 and it was not one love it they were not racist that was his reasoning right so the question being right was that event he was talking about in New York an insurrection. And as he said, it's not. And that's true. It was not an insurrection, but it was not an insurrection, had nothing to do with them. Right. Racist. Okay. Right. That's, that's the, the and, and again, I'll tell you in a second, but, but the, you know, it's really, that is a great epitome of putting fear into people, putting misinformation into people, using insurrection, insurrection, insurrection. He should have done that too. He should have smacked. I know. I know. And then he spells it out. Yep. Right. Yep. And then in frame of reference, he wants to bring this movement. Okay. Yep. By the Black Lives Matter. Right. And put it out there that the Democrats, right, are now, this is not an insurrection because they're not racist. Okay. Now, hopefully we have educated people that are listening to our show. I got to believe it. I got to believe it. <laughs> and that in New York, that was not in, an insurrection. It would be closer to a riot. Okay. An insurrection. Mm -hmm. What is it? Well, it's usually a violent attempt to take control of a government. That is why January 6th was defined as an insurrection. Because when you're walking down and you're saying, hang Mike Pence, hang Mike Pence, which we have plenty of audio, people right. hanging nooses and stuff. Yep. Yep. If you are going to hang the vice president of the United States, yep. you are attempting to take control of government by yep. definition. I mean, that's it. No, you know, so how do you correlate what happened in New York? And he again, for reference. Okay, first of all, NYPD reported six arrests, not 28. There was not 28. For fear. There was six. 
Okay. But you're right, Tucker. I want to say to you real quick, you are absolutely right, Tucker. That was not an insurrection. Yep. <laughs> but not because they aren't racist. It's because it wasn't an insurrection. <laughs> right? Now, I'm not saying that what, that what they did out there was right. Okay. But again, I'm trying to talking about the facts, Carlson, and we're looking at at how he uses the manipulation to put fear, anger, hatred into people. Absolutely. And the last point I want to make on this is, you know, again, that, you know, so so the difference, again, between an insurrection taking control of a government and a riot is a violent uprising. Mm -hmm. That's what that was. Okay, that's exactly right. (laughs) That's exactly right. Yes. (laughs) Crazy, not because yeah. they're not racist. Yeah. Like race has anything to do with taking over the government or a violent uprising. Yes. Now, the last point that I want to make, and this is evident with any agendas, okay? And po- pointing, pointing out something about an opponent. Yes. But not looking at it in a similar argument with your ally. So where's Joe Biden on all of this as the revolution continues apace? Biden is supposed to be a moderate, remember? That was his chief appeal. But there was nothing moderate about Biden's 4th of July statement. Instead, it was a full-throated attack on the United States. Our country was founded on an idea. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal. We've never lived up to it. Jefferson himself didn't. He held slaves. Women were excluded. American history is no fairy tale. It's been a constant push and pull between the two parts of our character. The idea that all men and women, all people are created equal, and the racism that has torn us apart. We have a chance to rip the roots of systemic racism out of this country. That's your 4th of July message? Systemic racism, something you can't even define that has no real definition, really? Wagging your finger in the face of the nation that promoted someone as mediocre as you? to the position you currently hold? This is the man who could soon be our figurehead. We are now in the process of defeating the radical left, the Marxists, the anarchists, the agitators, the looters, and people who, in many instances, have absolutely no clue what they are doing. (laughs) That was his 4th of July message. (laughs) <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I want to say something real quick. Um, you know, oh my god! Racism, right? Going to that for a second, okay? You know, literally infects the very structure of our society, right? Yes, it does. Since the election of Trump, hate crimes have been on the rise. White supremacists have stood out. Yep. Uh, anti-immigrant rhetoric, right? Of course, intensified. Yep. But systemic racism is not that particularly, right? It's it's less about violence or burning crosses than Correct. It is about the everyday that decisions yes. made by people yep. may not even think of themselves as racist. Absolutely. You know, it's based Absolutely. On, based on legislation and policies that negatively impact certain races. That's correct. How many black yep. senators do we have? Exactly. We have one Republican and two Democrats. Absolutely. And the less we the less we see, we don't understand how that's affecting the young people coming up. You know, when we see one or two, five, that doesn't 
that does not equal a message that says all things are possible, that this is possible. Not like it does in, in on the opposite side. And so I think in that last video, what we see that is so glaringly apparent is that we have a man that is pushing a certain agenda so much that he's only talking to people that either already believe it or on the road to believing or, or living on that side of things. And if nothing else, he's inciting yep. even more yep. systematic racism to continue. Yep. I mean, black make up, you know, 13% of our population, but represent about 40% of our prison population. Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. And, you know, you can kind of like people will be like, well, yeah, no, they just commit more crimes. No, that's not the case. You know, Absolutely. if a black person and a white person each commit a crime. Right? The black person has a better chance of being arrested. Yep. You know, once arrested, black people are convicted more than white people. That's correct. And for, you know, a lot of laws, there are laws that are assigned harsher sentencing, you yep. know, which is the possession of crack versus cocaine, you know. Yep. Um, yep. And, and black people do not use more drugs than white people. You know, people that's think, the truth. Drug addicts. No, when black people and then when black people are convicted, they're about 20 percent more likely to be sentenced to jail. Mm -hmm. Typically see sentences that are usually 20 percent longer than whites who were convicted of the similar crime. Absolutely. Yeah. And after generations and generations and generations of these same laws and policies being placed into effect. How do we think this affects the overall, you know, race of human beings? What do we say to people when we say, welcome, you know, welcome to your life. And these are more your possibilities than, than making it out of these impoverished neighborhoods, these, these places in which you are live and born into. And so many of these policies and laws we have not revisited in years and years and years. And I bet if we went back on the books, we could find stuff that were still in effect during the Jim Crow times. And we started it then. And we're refusing to look. We, we want to. It's, it's, I think it goes back to, too, that this is another one of those diversions. Don't look at the real issue. Let me throw all of these little sparks you know, I don't want you to look at the real fire. I want you to look at all the little sub fires that are going on around it. Right. So I'm going to just divert you from this. I mean, it's, we're not going to break through until we break through. It's yeah. got to break down to break through. And this yeah. is where we are. I mean, you know, according to like some one study they did, you know, like white families hold 90% of the national wealth. Correct. Latinos are like 2.3. Blacks are like 2.6. Mm-hmm. Well, um, the, the unemployment, you know, our educational system, you know, yep. drivers, right, are about 30% more likely than whites to be pulled over by the police. Oh, absolutely. And then when they say, throw well, they, this whole argument that, well, blacks are drive worse than whites, that's bullshit. That's ridiculous. That's racist. That is a racist idea that's that lives that's within you. That's where a KKK dude would go, you know? Absolutely. It's exactly where it would go. And then they would have the the nerve to to say something like even in the the, the Rodney King 
beatings we go back to, George Floyd we go back to, and they say, well, if they would have just done what they were told, it ain't the same for, for them than it is for, for you that would say that. They are in fear of their lives, and they have every right to be fearful, and they have every right to have these different, almost post-traumatic, complex you know, traumatic stress disorders from these situations. They've had a completely different experience. Yep. And I really pray that walk a mile in my shoes exposes the different experiences through all the things that we cover that different human beings in this country are actually living through. Because it's easy yep. for you to sit in your circle of people and listen to your chosen rhetorics and forget and have an opinion about things that you do not understand. And I hope we bring understanding. And I want to say, I support Tucker Carlson and his rhetoric and he can say what he wants, freedom of speech. Absolutely. Had that right. But my biggest, my biggest thing that, again, I hope people were able to take out of this is research. Know your facts. Don't just buy into anything. And and I I say that with anybody, you know, listen to MSNBC News, you know, absolutely. You know, research what people are saying before you give your thumbs up. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Don't just blindly, you know, believe everything that sounds good or invokes emotion. If something evokes emotion, anyway, then look deeper at it. If someone starts out a conversation or, or, or a, a show invoking your emotion, likely there is going to come some type of something behind it. There's an so, agenda and, and you yeah. have to be careful with biased news. You have to. You know? But again, I'm not saying don't watch it, you know, True. but just True. Be conscious and be aware. Make sure that you gather facts, you know. For sure. I listened to, you know, like I, I sat and I listened to a lot of his stuff. I mean, I could we could do this for like yeah, I know. For, <laughs> I but I listened to a lot of his stuff, and there's just so much that you know, anytime like he'd mention a name or reference or something like that, I would I would write it down and I would look it up and realize, my God, how wrong he is on what he's actually saying, you know. And I mean, that's how easy it is. It is because people just listen. People just believe. Like I said in the beginning of this, don't just believe what we're saying. Research yourself. Look into it. That's the thing I want you to get out of this today. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And we're going to continue to to walk a mile through through hate and fear in this season. This season that we've we've really dedicated to to fear and to hate. And, you know, I look forward to, uh, you know, us walking through, you know, walking a mile through mental health and, and, and negative stigma surrounding things like addictions and mental health. I mean, like this is going to be a series and a show that's going to go much deeper into many different areas of life. We're going to walk a mile through a lot of the things that are facing us today, because in my honest opinion and humble opinion, this is how we become more human. This is how we become inclusive of all other humans. Correct. Yep. Is understanding. Absolutely. So I want to thank everybody for listening. We got to. Yes. This This is going to be a long show. Yes, it is. (laughs) uh, 
I kind of I kind of went a little you know extreme on this one. I, I was having right. I was having fun with this. Yeah, yeah. This well, this posed uh, some easy fun to have. This posed some pretty good arguments to make. Yeah. So, so thank you for tuning in again. That's right. Out in my shoes. Look forward to seeing you next week. And, That's right. And uh, have be safe, everybody. That's right. That's right. Don't believe everything you hear. Yes. Think for yourself. That's the point of it all. Like, subscribe, turn on your bell notification so that you are constantly updated when we put up new videos. And thanks, everybody. Thanks, Eric. It's always, it's amazing. It's amazing. Absolutely. All right. We'll see you next week.